I know what you've been wanting all week, and we have it for you. A rapid-fire update on all things COVID. I know that your week, like mine, is incomplete without exposing the wickedness of our medical establishment. We'll also take some time to look at some stories regarding our federal government and various cabinet ministers, in part to shine a light on their true motives and agenda. You can't plan accordingly and engage in this cultural war unless you know what the opponents to freedom and Western civilization actually desire to accomplish. A friend of mine recently referred to me as the Canadian sewer rat, diving into the dumpsters of Canadian news and politics, examining all of the stories that you don't want to, getting covered in the filth of Canadian culture. He meant it as a compliment, and oddly enough, I took it as such. I'm more than pleased to carry the heavy burden of consuming everything in our news cycle and bringing you what you need to know in order to honor Christ and live faithfully and boldly in Canada. I will be the troubler of Canada with joy. It's November 23rd. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture. We're so thankful that you've joined us on the program yet again. As always, our show is produced by Liberty Coalition Canada in partnership with Christian Week. LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and defend those who stand. And Christian Week exists to provide a practical balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. We would ask if you do benefit from your shows, which from our shows, which we, we hope you do, that you would go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate and that you would leave a donation over there. If you give through the analysis and shows tab to our programs like this, you can get a tax refund in doing so. Also, any donations, regardless of where you leave them, can be done through an anonymous Bitcoin uh, donation, thanks to our friends over at Bull Bitcoin. So we would suggest that you go and do that. You can also get everything we do uh, as far as our shows over at the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, flfnetwork.com, and you can find us on their cool new pub tv app which you can download from your google play or your apple app store whatever you use we suggest you go over there download pub tv and get all our content on demand right on that app it's a great way to get everything that we do um also, if you want all things LCC, go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com. Check out our website there and be sure to sign up for our email list as well, especially if you're going over there to leave a donation and you appreciate the work. That way you can ha- um, stay in contact with everything that we're doing and you won't get canceled and these third-party intermediaries won't uh, block our news or whatever it may be considering the climate of media in Canada is bleak in this moment. So we suggest you go over there and do that. Andrew, good to talk to you again, brother. I was I was going to ask a question. If you are the sewer rat of Canadian media, what does that make me? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a ginger in crime. A ginger in crime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Excellent. I I love it. Um. Uh, anyways, 
just so everybody knows, if you want to drop us a line, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com, please do that. We would love uh, to hear from you uh, as we've had the chance of doing with so many of you. Uh, so that's mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Andrew, what do you have for us this week? Well, I, I, I've lost track of the days, but either this week or last week or coming up soon, I, I don't know because there's so many because they dominate the calendar now, <laughs> but uh, Trans Day of Awareness, I think, is coming up soon and Trans Awareness Week and Trans Week of Visibility and basically um, all this kind of queer propaganda. So what I'm wondering is at your workplace, how has your workplace bought into it? So you don't have to tell us where you work. You don't have to throw you under the bus, but if you can maybe snap a picture of some of the queer propaganda that's up at your workplace telling you that you're an awful, terrible person unless you're affirming of all things LGBT. Let us know. Send us <laughs> send us the evidence of the queer propaganda, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com, just so we can see and maybe we can highlight on a show. We'll, we'll keep it anonymous, but we'll say, here's the garbage that our listeners are having to put up with at their workplaces that are totally woke and captured. So let us know that. We also want to, in in light of that, or connected to that, I should say, we want to remind you that we are really just just over a month away from Biblical Sexuality Sunday 2024. It's happening on Sunday, January 14th, 2024 is our next Biblical Sexuality Sunday. It is our response to the federal government calling our Christian beliefs on marriage and sexuality myth and stereotype. And our way of telling the state that they don't have the authority to dictate what happens in the church and from the pulpit. So we would encourage you, dear friend, dear pastor, to join us on Sunday, January 14th. You can head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash biblical-sexuality-sunday for more information. Or if you would love your pastor to participate, you can send them that website as well. Uh, we would ask for those of you faithful men preach on a biblical sexual ethic on the 14th. And again, we would encourage you to join us after the fact, head to that website I just mentioned, and there's a little form on the right-hand side and you can fill that out. You can let us know your church name, your church website, a link to the sermon you preached. We're not going to be publishing this publicly. This will be for our database to follow up with and to encourage men who join in this. So again, Sunday, January 14th is biblical sexuality Sunday, and we hope that more and more churches will join in this. Friends, just when you thought the COVID nonsense was behind us, the mainstream media is back at it with a new COVID scare and new COVID scare tactics. Some schools and hospitals, and as we're going to see long-term care facilities in various provinces, have brought back the discredited mask mandates, and who knows what other mandates might be introduced. In turbulent times, make sure your hard-earned savings are protected and managed by people you can trust, people who share your worldview and economic concerns, and know how to put their clients first. Call Rocklink at 905-631-5462 or email them at info at rocklink.com. That is link with a C. Matt, last week I said that we were entering into the next trilogy of COVID, right? So 2020, 2021, 2022, that was the first. <laughs> and some would argue that the first trilogy is usually the best trilogy. Um, but we are now entering into the second trilogy of COVID. So this is episode four, five, and six. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to really dive down into episode four of this new COVID trilogy. 
by way of a rapid fire. We don't want to take too much time getting into some of these stories. We don't want to do a deep dive in part because we've said so much on this topic and it appears that there's going to be much more that we'll be saying on this topic because they just won't let it die. So first of all, mask mandates are back in long-term care facilities in Ontario. So this is from LifeSite News. As of November 7th, the Ministry of Long-Term Care mandated masks in all licensed long-term care facilities in Ontario in accordance with the advice of Dr. Kieran Moore, the Chief Medical Officer of Health. Quote, recent trends have shown a moderate to high level of community transmission of COVID-19 and an increase in COVID-19 outbreaks in long-term care hospitals with an increased risk of hospitalization amongst residents. Kelly McAslin, Assistant Deputy Minister, Long-Term Care Operations Division, said in a memo. Matt, any quick thoughts on uh, masks coming back to long-term care facilities? I wish I could say it was surprising, but it's most certainly not. Um, We've been saying forever that COVID was the entry point into a new regime that will never end so long as we don't push back. So the fact of the matter is this is the way it's going to go for the foreseeable future until a a central mass of people say, nah, I'm just not going to go along with it anymore. I'm not going to buy in. I'm not going to comply. But and long-term care facilities are easy picking because they're yes. Yeah. You have, you have, you have old, you have the older people who generally speaking have kind of accepted this because of their relative trust for the media and for the state given their age. Mm -hmm. And you know, that, 50, 60 years ago, this may not have been a concern. Mm-hmm. And the fact that their family is also quite worried about their, you know, grandparents and great grandparents getting sick and dying. So this is easy, this is an easy place to start because you're not going to get a lot of pushback. And like you said, we definitely need pushback from it. So, well, yeah, the rationale is easier for this, right? The rationale is much easier for this. And we've already dehumanized that older population in our society. So why not slap masks on their face and slap masks on the face of all those people who want to interact with them? Because let's dehumanize them further. We're we're, we're already killing them at their age. So why not? Yep. So let's... uh, Masks are back in long-term care facilities in Ontario. Let's move mm-hmm. on. We have next this absolutely vile piece video. of medical propaganda from Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. Indeed, wow. it is it is a sick video. We're gonna play it in its entirety for you. What's going on? Hey guys, back up. Okay? Everybody I had a dream. I got everything I want. And if I'm being honest, it might have been a nightmare To anyone who might have Thought I could fly Nobody cried 
I mean, props for the the prowess on the video techniques and and the production quality and everything like that. But it's you catch the lyrics there. That last little bit, whisper. Don't want to lie to you. <laughs> don't want to lie to you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is that so Billie you, Eilish? Is is that the smooth I don't music sound? It uh, sounds sounds similar. If you didn't see, if you weren't watching the video, <laughs> basically. What Sick Kids is trying to do is normalize the reality of children having heart problems leading to heart attack that need medical intervention. That was the whole point of the video. The whole point of the video was, listen, it's totally normal, and it could happen to any kid that they could have myocarditis or some sort of damage to their heart, and they could have a heart attack at any moment. And it's totally normal that we need to do, we need to have medical intervention to put devices in their hearts now to prevent them from dying when they have a heart attack, you know, when they're, how old's that kid? 16? So Sick Kids is trying to normalize heart issues for children. And why? Because the jab has created heart issues in children. And rather than saying we promoted a medication that's destroying the hearts of young people, Mm-hmm. Let's get on the other side of it and say, no, no, it's totally normal. It's just always normal for people under 30 to have heart attacks at the rate that they are. That's just yeah. always been the case. That's what they're trying to do. It's disgusting. And mm-hmm. um, it, well, it's especially it's, it's disgusting. Unbelievable propaganda. It's especially disgusting because they will not come out and admit that. They won't admit their culpability in the whole situation. So that's the especially disgusting part. We can be thankful for technologies like that that can be life-saving in yeah. times of great emergency. But the fact that, yeah, you're trying to norm this uh, reality that young, healthy males and females um, are are falling and ha- uh, falling down um, near death because of heart attack, all this stuff, it is gross because over and over and over again, these shots have been pushed and are still being pushed mm-hmm. from our medical establishment on people who are at very, 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 very low risk of um, dying from COVID-19. 
but yet now are in huge risk of serious, serious heart complications, not mm-hmm. only now in the immediate short term, but down the line. So thankful for good technology that can save people's life. Appreciative of the cool not, video quality and things. Not thankful, not thankful for gaslighting and propaganda. Not thankful. No, for exactly. Or for destroying kids' hearts. We're also not it, thankful. For not thankful for that. Very much down on destroying kids' hearts. But if you believe it or not, Andrew, in, in the midst of all this insanity, apparently the New York Times has released an opinion piece that has a little bit of clarity. It's not totally lost in the malaise of our current moment. So um, though, though they generally typically um, deal in gaslighting and revisionist history, the New York times at least uh, had the backbone to admit that COVID mandates um, have affected children's education. And it's, probably because the severity in which it's affected children's education is so drastically obvious that they can't actually get away with gaslighting you. Um, So we know that COVID lockdowns have had severe effects on learning development and well-being, even this far out removed from the pandemic. And this is from the Times itself. Quote, the evidence is now in and it is startling. That's probably why they can't gaslight. The school closures that took 50 million children out of classrooms at the start of the pandemic may prove to be the most damaging disruption in the history of American education. Wow. Let's read that again. The most damaging disruption in the history of American education. It also set student progress in math and reading back by two decades and widen the achievement gap that separates poor and wealthy children. The learning loss crisis is more consequential than many elected officials have yet acknowledged, not surprisingly. A collective sense of urgency by all Americans will be required to avert its most devastating effects on the nation's children. Unbelievable. Speaking of not getting history correct, an article from Jacobin, which is literally, uh, you know, a pro- I mean, it's in the name. They're Jacobins. They're Marxists. Uh, uh, <laughs> this article is from Jacobin. It plays loose with the facts and refuses to admit what is demonstrably obviously uh, obvious, pardon me, that Sweden did much better than every other European country for not locking everything down and acting like tyrants. This is what the leftist Marxist propaganda piece had to say. Quote, Sweden's hands-off COVID-19 response was hailed by libertarians abroad, but also by most left-wingers at home. Far from enlightened, the Swedish left's approach combined deference to authority with a disturbing faith in national exceptionalism. Hopefully, the mistakes of the COVID-19 pandemic in Sweden can provide a point of reflection and a cautionary tale going forward. If the globe global left fails to root itself in basic leftist principles and an international outlook based on solidarity there's international marxism and communism choosing instead to position itself in relation 
to uh, parochial domestic politi- political battles, there is no future for the global leftist movement in the coming age of can chronic I, crisis. Can I, can I, can Unbelievable. I can I cut through all those euphemisms for a second? Absolutely. Like, I was it, talking Andrew. with a friend earlier about this. What the article basically says is this. Sweden was concerned for its own citizens and its own national well-being, and that's why it made the decisions that it did. Mm-hmm. It didn't give in to global pressure, and it didn't join in what everyone else is doing simply because that's what they were told to do. As a result, they're going to say that Sweden fared poorly, which is nonsense. The only, the only metric they use is cases. And obviously, Sweden's cases were higher early on because they adopted a natural immunity, a herd immunity position. And it just turn, it turns out that their deaths were much lower mm-hmm. and their economic bounce back was instant. And they're the only European country that didn't have a negative GDP. Everything and, went back. To and, and, so and it should be well. It should be pointed out they didn't do a great job of uh, the focus protection strategy in long-term care facilities right off the bat, which I think they admit. So those numbers could have been lowered if they had taken yeah. that great parenting declaration approach. But it, what has to what people have to understand is. Yes, their numbers were much higher on a per capita basis during the first wave of COVID-19. But because of widespread herd immunity, the second wave, which was the most devastating waves in most locales, was less severe in Sweden. And the third and fourth waves, they were virtually non-existent. So So their numbers... the The euphemism in the article is basically this. Because Sweden thought for the well-being of its own nation and not as a part of some global community, (laughs) if more countries think like Sweden, and if we do a poor job at instilling a globalist leftism in countries, then we will see globalist leftism weaken in the world. That's yes. basically what the article said, that if more countries are like Sweden and act for the betterment of their people Think for themselves. and do what's right and ends mm. up yielding good results, that this will actually hurt globalist leftism. To which I reply, Great. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So thank you for reminding us that- they, All the they, more reason they, to yeah, abandon globalist good, Marxism. Doing what's good and right it hurts globalist leftism. Wonderful. Yeah. So- Last, we have this statement here. This is from the JCCF, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, regarding BC COVID jab mandates for healthcare workers. This is from their statement. Quote, thousands of healthcare workers and patients lost their jobs and are still jobless as a result of these orders, the COVID jab mandate orders. According to a March 2022 report, 2,496 British Columbia healthcare workers were terminated for not being vaccinated. Nearly 4% of healthcare workers in interior health were terminated. Nearly 3% in northern health were terminated. Meanwhile, British Columbia continues to experience a healthcare crisis, according to reports. Emergency rooms in rural communities are closing. Wait times are climbing. Birthing units in Surrey are suffering from acute shortages, sometimes with fatal consequences. British Columbians are turning to private and even cross-border healthcare options to get treatment. And just really quickly, these are the same healthcare workers who worked for a year and a half during COVID stuff. They were the who heroes. Prob- who probably got it and recovered and saw no need to get the COVID jab, in part because they already had natural immunity 
or because of their own conscience. So here were people working hard, and now they have been deheroed and they have been removed mm-hmm. and are still jobless while all this is getting sorted out. And what's crazy about all of this is more and more and more information, as if we haven't had enough, continues to come out regarding these jabs. So this finally here is a substack from Dr. Peter McCullough, friend of the show. This is what he writes. Why do many people feel sick nowadays? A recent study from India suggests the COVID-19 vaccine is causing prolonged symptoms in over half of unwary recipients. Um, There was a study published of data collected from September 21 to May 2023 in a descriptive follow-up cohort study that was conducted, having enrolled participants who were 18 years of age or older. They met the vaccination requirements established by the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare, Government of India, and had completed the primary immunization series with one of the two shots they could have gotten. The prevalence of post-coronavirus vaccine syndrome, PCVS, and the QOL measured using EQ5D5L were assessed at one month, six months, and 12 months post-COVID vaccination. So people were part of the study who got the various shots. They were measured in one month, six months, 12 months post-vaccination to see the result in terms of sickness or COVID. The authors found that more than half of subjects at 12 months were reporting symptoms of PCVS. These data fit what I'm seeing in clinical practice, Dr. McCullough concludes. In other words, according to the study, more than half of the people who get the COVID jab have prolonged symptoms similar to COVID, and probably it is COVID themselves, even after getting the jab. And it's a surprising number. And there have been previous studies that we've referenced from Dr. Malone, from JAMA, from the New England Journal of Medicine to show that people who get one of the COVID injections actually get COVID, are more likely to get COVID than those who are unjabbed. They get it for longer and they get it with more severe symptoms. So that mm-hmm. the, it, more info keeps coming out to show that there was such wickedness and corruption in all of this exchange of money and, uh, and, and regular people suffer as a result. And so they're trying to gaslight and propagandize us to make us forget what happened or make us not understand what's really going on. It's pretty, it's pretty vile stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to wrap up this COVID rapid fire, what we're seeing here is despite all that information that we know, despite the ongoing harms that this vaccine's done to people, um, what are our governments doing? They're continuing to push the harms. They're continuing to push the mandates. They're continuing to, to dry, to destroy the lives and careers of those who would not go along with their globalist Marxist push into going through this vaccine so-called schema. Um, and it's having great effect. It's not only destroying those people's lives who wouldn't go along with it, but people's lives who are now experiencing a shortage of health care, um, who their children's lives who are experiencing drastic uh, repercussions from closing down schools. All that is what we're seeing. And yet we're seeing no contrite repentance on the part of our elected officials. We're seeing no turning of the the ship around to go another way. We're seeing double doubling down, tripling down. And we're still seeing the idea that 
to fulfill the Jacobins' lust for globalist Marxist takeover, they're pushing forward at the WHO level still with this inane uh, global treaty for the WHO as it pertains to uh, public health and and various diseases. Um, that's the current situation that we're dealing with. So don't let facts and reality get in the way of our globalist Marxist medical industrial complex uh, being thrust upon you as, as uh, global citizens, so-called it's uh, truly despicable, but we continue ha continually have to bring it uh, to light. We continually have to, as Javier Malay, the new president of Argentina, uh, said, you cannot sleep for one day lest the Marxists take control and continue mm -hmm. to push their Marxism. And that's what we must do. We can't comply. We have to continue yep. to push back. And on that note, friends, now is not the time to sit idly by and hope that our power-driven systems restore themselves. Not after three years of heartache, loss, and despair. Our families deserve better, our communities deserve better, and our nation deserves better. We don't expect the government to fix our financial future. We create our own economy. Barterit is a community of people who are passionate about shopping local, freedom of choice, and free speech, while creating new pathways for a true parallel economy. Head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter today and click on barter it for individuals. Make sure you sign up as a VIP before the official launch and get a lifetime subscription, free premium listings, and 1,000 bits to spend in the system. That is $1,500 worth of value for only $197. libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter. Now, it's obvious to anyone who is not under the spell of wokeism that our medical establishment is captured by ideologues and political scientists, yep. not, not actual scientists. Now, yes. this is clear when we examine two aspects of our health industry, doctor-assisted murder-suicide and body and soul-destroying care. Now, this is known to the left as made and gender-affirming care, but that's not really what it is. It's body and soul-destroying care and doctor-assisted murder and suicide. So this story comes from the post-millennial. Quote, the April 2024 deadline for expanding Canada's medical assistance in dying made program to the mentally ill is fast approaching, and psychiatrists are divided over whether this is advisable. There is serious concern that the definition of mentally ill will encompass drug addicts, potentially alcoholics too. Those wanting to expand the euthanasia program are suggesting that doctors who oppose it are understating the effectiveness of treating mental illness, suggesting that death is always preferable to living with the disease. Quote, I think there's a kind of grandiosity to thinking that you can cure everybody, close quote. Dr. Donna Stewart, a senior scientist at the Toronto General Hospital Research Institute, told the National Post, Stewart was a member of the professional focus group that advises the Trudeau government on who should be eligible for MAID. Quote, in spite of the very best efforts, sadly, some psychiatric patients simply do not get better. Close quote, she told the Post. Canada has become the assisted suicide capital of the world, with deaths accelerating every year the program has been in operation. In 2022, the most recent year with figures available, over 13,200 people use MAID in Canada to kill themselves. 
I, I just the, so there. I mean, there's so many things here. The expansion of what mental illness means. Mm-hmm. I mean, could mental illness include temporary or situational depression or anxiety? Right. Probably. Not. Not. not ma- maybe not. It? Yeah. Not. Med- not. Not. A, not a regular kind of habitual anxiety, maybe something from post-traumatic stress disorder, but a, but a situational anxiety just for a bit. I'm having a really rough day. Oh, well, looks like you can go kill yourself. So the expansion is problematic, but even what aren't doctors supposed to do and work hard to secure their parent, their patient's life and livelihood and well-being, no matter the cost. And you hear this doctor <laughs> saying, listen, Sometimes it's better they die. They just yeah, got to kill themselves. That, that's sometimes what you just said. can't. Sometimes it just can't help them. Sometimes yeah. it's just so sad. There's just so much going on. And I think about I think about stories of people mm-hmm. who go through just brutal sexual abuse, or people who've experienced the most awful psychological circumstances, who by God's grace are able to bounce back and live full mm. and complete lives. And and that's the hope we have, right? That's the hope we have as Christians with the gospel and with the power of Christ. But this pagan has only one thing. If our medicines don't work the way we say, then we got to kill them because they're not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like this is so depressing. And it, 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 it clearly is a picture of a, of a death cult. When you abandon biblical Christianity and when you start adopting Darwinian materialistic worldly ideas of humanity, you, you become a death cult. Let's just kill them off because we can't save them. It's depressing and it's pretty gross that, that this is the perspective from apparently a doctor who's advising the Trudeau government yeah. on yeah. the definition. How, ni- how nihilistic can you get? Yeah. Um, this is truly despicable. As somebody who who's doing biblical counseling, you know, there's I see all sorts of problems here. Um, and uh even the term mental health is so ill-defined. If you actually get into psychology, most psychologists themselves don't even have a doctrine of the mind. They think the mind is the brain because they're materialist reductionists, right? There is no incorporeal part of man. So one would think psychology, mind, knowledge can't even be done in that worldview. Nevertheless, it is. Um, But I think part of the reason we're seeing this mental health crisis is because we've had, we live in a highly therapeutic age that has been under the thumb of secular humanistic psychology and it's bearing the fruits of ugliness because it's rooted in a false understanding of who human beings are and how they change, Andrew. And you and I have seen some of the most radically depraved, uh, downtrodden, broken people restored by the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives to sanctify them. And that's what the power of the gospel can do in people's lives. But without that, you just... All you can do is hope to make people more efficient sinners. And apparently when that doesn't happen, um, it's now time to offer them up to um, medical assistance. And And, and to say say that the ending, the ending, the life of the innocent person is mercy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, it's it's, the Proverbs say the mercy of the wicked wicked is cruel. cruel. Yeah. It's cruel. and deadly in the case of our nation. Um, well, that's again Proverbs eight. All who all who hate wisdom love death. Yeah. This is this this is the scriptures mm-hmm. 
validating themselves. This is <laughs> yes. affirming and testifying to them. And Andrew, it, it, is, it's unbelievable. Isn't that always the case? Th that yeah. the inane worldview and actions of unbelievers always prove forth the validity, validity of God's word. It yep. always really shows forth that <laughs> they are under the Romans one suppression of the truth in unrighteousness. Yeah, Anyways, hey, let every, let every, let every, every liar, the lot, the mouths of liars be stopped and mm -hmm. the, the Lord be, be made honest and truthful. He's right. The Lord be declared right. And the mouths of liars stopped. Absolutely. This is absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and Andrew, that's not the end of the medical madness. Uh, there's still more medical insanity <laughs> in my home province of Manitoba. This is, I mean, this is truly a despicable story. It, you know, it makes me very upset. It makes my blood boil um, in righteous anger. This is from True North News. The Children's Hospital Foundation of Manitoba, that haunt of scum and villainy, is under intense scrutiny for a social media post that actively supported and encouraged a 10-year-old child in their desire to undergo a surgical gender transition. Just, to, just before we move on, I just want to make clear everyone knows that the haunt of scum and villainy those were math words. That was my editorial comment. Yeah, that, that was not a part of the Just so we're clear, <laughs> True North is never quite as colorful as we are. Uh, they, they tiptoe a little bit more carefully than we do. Um, yeah. But just that was exactly. that's math. Anyways, just wanted to. <laughs> it's sure a good, clarifi good clarification. Yeah. You know, um, don't True but, North, don't call us and accuse us of slander. Yeah, we're sorry. Not. Sorry, guys. It's true, though. Um, anyways. This is a picture of the Children's Hospital Foundation of Manito Manitoba's Twitter account. Um, and it's, here you go, it's the normal trans propaganda. There you go. Tips of being gender a gender-affirming ally. Create a welcoming space. Use preferred pronouns. Use preferred name and respond to adolescence needs. Wow. So Matt, leave that picture up. There. Let's leave okay. that picture up there while okay. you, because you're going to, you, um, you're going to read from, um, you're going to continue to read from true North. This is actually, so this was from the, what is it? The children's hospital foundation of Manitoba. Yeah. They actually released the quote unquote Mary's story. So this is their, this is their hypothetical story of someone named Mary and they're releasing it with this, and, and True North continues to highlight this in the article. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here's this propaganda. Mary's story, as presented in the controversial post, expresses a longing to be recognized as a quote-unquote real girl since the age of seven and wanting to have girl body parts. Mary thinks she was about seven years old when she began to articulate feelings of longing to be a real girl. Femininity dresses, rainbows, and girls' roles in games and on screen in Disney movies felt like the only areas that truly align with her identity, writes the Foundation. The Post then quotes Mary as saying, I just wanted my name to be female, and I still want my body parts to be female. 
quote, she dreams of a world where her body reflects her identity, eagerly anticipating the day her doctors allow her to take hormones that will aid her transition, writes the foundation. Even at age 10, the prospect of a future boyfriend worries her, wondering if or at what phase of dating she'll need to disclose her journey. And she worries a little about never having a baby. But, says her plans, uh, but she says her plans to become a famous actress won't allow any time to be a mom anyway. That last quote, <laughs> that, that last oh, quote Andrew. is is a is a is a depressing slice of irony because if this is a real person what this young boy doesn't realize is that his parents are actually helping him to become a world class actress in pretending to be something he's not and his parents are pretending he's something he's not and the mm-hmm. hospital is pretending that he's something he's not and so it actually is it is a movie it and, is all it is all theater it is all pretend it's dress up it's acting it's and- <laughs> And it's so it's, it's sad and it's ironic, but that's exactly what's going on. And and like we're talking about an adolescent who is still probably playing with toys and Barbie dolls, and uh, and you're lying to them. I need to talk she, about my son for a second. She worries a little this, bit about having a baby. As it's, I, it's as a I, he, as I, and he can't have a baby. This, as I read this, I thought about my son. I got I got to talk about my son here. Um. When he was younger, he loved, he loved putting, we loved wearing his mom's shoes. So he was like five years old, whatever, four or five, six, somewhere in there. He would walk around in my wife's shoes. He would walk around with the purse. He would wear one of her hats, one of her girly hats. And he loved sequins. Sequins were very, very flashy and bright. And he just loved, he loved colorful, he loved colorful, bright mm-hmm. clothing that people would say is not traditionally male, whatever that means. So. He would walk around in my wife's shoes and my wife's hat and wear my wife's clothing. And we were in Value Village one day and he's like, Dad, can I get a purse? I'm like, sure, why not? You want a little purse? Get around a little red bag, put your stuff in it, whatever, no big deal. He was like four or five. I'm like, who cares? But here's what I didn't do. I didn't say you're a girl because here's what happened. Now he's much older. He's a boy. He knows he's a boy. There's starting to be the interest there in girls. He understands. He gets it. Just by letting it happen. By letting him naturally develop, become who he was, and, and not feeding him these lies, who cares if he? Like, so the this boy apparently liked dresses and bright, colorful things and rainbows. Aha! Uh-huh, and who cares? Like, just okay. That doesn't mean that he's actually a girl trapped inside of a boy's body. So it's unbelievable that if you just if you don't intervene with this trans indoctrination. Kids will not find themselves saying, oh, I guess I really am a girl. I guess I have a baby. Andrew, notice how this totally undermines, like, it's so internally inconsistent. And this is what, uh, you know, Billboard Chris has always pointed out. So you're saying that you have to medically alter this boy's body because he does things that are stereotypically attributed to girls. But I thought that's exactly the thing you were trying to get away from. But instead of getting away from these stereotypes, they're affirming these stereotypes through irreversible body surgeries on minors that aren't even close. They're a, a 
basically a decade short of yeah. even being considered a, a mature minor are in they, Canada. Are they? Are they? Are they? Are there are these characteristics that are inerrant in boys and girls, and there's why they like the different things that they do? That are, or are they merely societally constructed norms because of tradition? You and they can't have say both. both. They want to say it's both. Yes, and that's and so long. So long as it fits our, yeah. so long as it allows us to cut healthy I'm body boy, parts off. I'm a of boy, children. and I feel yeah. like I'm really a girl. So what I need to do is I need to put on fake breasts, wear makeup, and wear my hair long. But hold on a second. I thought all of those things. I thought the long hair and the makeup and the dresses. I thought We're those were social, social conditioning, right? Yeah. But now you're saying that they're an immutable part of what it means to be female, and they're trying to have it both ways. And when you press them, they'll switch the argument depending on whatever yeah. they prefer. But all that ma- the, the the consequence is children's lives are being destroyed, and the parents of this boy. I don't know. I don't know what's up with these parents. Um, but it is they're they, sick. They they're are, sick. They're corrupted. They are supportive of the physical and emotional and mental and spiritual abuse of their child and the the what the 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 what's just unbelievable about all of this is that in a world where i would tell my boy actually you're a boy not a girl you're going to be a boy and you're going to marry a girl someday that the federal government would say is is supporting stereotypes and myths and that is unemotional that is emotionally unsafe for me to do that that would be tantamount mm-hmm. to abuse but these parents are celebrated. That's yeah. the world we live in. Yeah. yeah. She gets out of public disgusting. school. But but she gets out yeah. of public school. Um yeah. and uh just un- yeah, just Ugh. so this this is our medical establishment. This is our medical establishment. Let's move Crazy. on. Born out of the desire to separate money from the state, Bitcoin epitomizes freedom money, an uncensorable network programmed around digital scarcity where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted Bitcoin exchange since 2013, is a 100% self-funded company led and operated by incorruptible activists for individual liberties and freedom. At Bull Bitcoin, security and privacy are priority. Customers' funds are transferred directly to their Bitcoin wallet in their own possession. With Bull Bitcoin, you never run the risk of losing your money. You own the money. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC to get started with your account's creation today. Contact Bull's best-in-the-business customer support team at any point to request assistance throughout the process. Take control of your money. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. So let's finish up our episode. There's been a lot of different news stories. Let's finish up our episode with some news regarding a specific look at our federal government and really how corrupt and unqualified they appear to be. Now, when I say appear to be, that's to people with working brains and eyes. They appear to be corrupt and unqualified. They appear to be. We don't want to be accused of slander. So first, we have Justin Trudeau, hard at work at destroying Canada, loves to take enormous amounts of time off at taxpayer expense. This is from the National Post. Quote, since coming to power in 2015, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has taken 680 personal days the equivalent of 22 months or nearly two years, an analysis of his public itinerary shows. The Prime Minister's office has marked as personal his daily schedules 24% of the calendar days since he first formed government, excluding election campaigns. The Prime Minister's office maintains that the demands of the job means Trudeau still works on days it listed as personal. It calls the suggestions to the contrary false and absurd. Of course they would. 
Trudeau's total vacations he took with his family during the holiday season, summer breaks, many weekends, and brief out-of-town getaways. Among them are 31 days over two trips to Costa Rica, another nine days in Jamaica, and eight days in Bahamas, where he made a visit to the Aga Khan's private island that the Federal Ethics Commissioner found breached conflict of interest rules. Since becoming Prime Minister, Trudeau has used a total of 88 personal days holidaying in Tofino, Whistler, Revelstoke, and other locations in B.C. That's more time than his itineraries list him traveling to Alberta on official business, not including the six personals he booked in Lake Louise at the end of 2017. He also took time while in New York, Florida, Montana, and Vermont, the itineraries show. So here he is. He's been in a office public for servant, Andrew. eight years now. He's been in office for eight years, right? And of uh, those eight years, 22 months have been personal days off. Just this is, 24%, 20%, a quarter of his time. And personal this, this is the despicable nature of our current politics um, is now politicians instead of being public servants as they were once referred because of the christian worldview they are those who take all that they can and do as little as they possibly can for the nation while grandstanding while virtue signaling line from braveheart when when uh when william wallace is knighted and his, mm-hmm. his 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 lieutenants are knighted, and then all of a sudden a political discussion breaks out because all the various clans are saying, "Well, Wallace, align with us, support our guy, support our rightful heir to the throne." And so they're blah blah blah. And then Wallace walks out. They're like, "William, where are you going?" And he walks up. He gets in the face of one of the one of the guys who's kind of one of the, the leaders of the clans, and he says, "You believe that these people exist to provide you with possession, but your possession exists to provide these people with freedom." And I go to see that they have it. That's that's the public servant. Yes, and and, and this become the opposite now that they this, believe we exist to provide them with power and possession. And this has been the lot of human history outside of nations that have been really influenced by the Protestant Reformation. That pagan nations forever. Why have rulers had so much power and been treated as gods? Because. They amassed for themselves great wealth and possessions on the back of a population that was mainly destitute, starving, that was being broken by um, massive uh, monetary inflation, stuff like that. We've seen that throughout history. So that's the current stance that our public officials are clearly taking. Justin Trudeau does not take this job seriously. Um it's seen in the way that he approaches everything. He he's constantly trolling the Canadian citizens. He's making hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars each year to do basically as little work as possible. Awful, awful vaccine videos. I mean, he's he's truly the epitome of what the scriptures tell you that a king ought not to be. Yep. Right? Like you could not put a better figurehead on on Justin or on on that that description than Justin. Um, and that's truly shows you how far we've fallen as a nation that we allow for kings and princes to amass us. I mean, his cabinet members surely have more integrity than him and surely they're more righteous than he. They really aren't. No, they really aren't. (laughs) It's in fact, it could, it could be, be, 
some of his members closest to him could be even more vile than, than him. And I can't think of a worse one than our horribly dishonorable environmental minister, Stephen Guibault. And he had this rather disturbing claim that he made publicly. And this comes to us from LifeSite News. This shouldn't surprise us, right? We've told you about all this, um, but, you know, hear it from the horse's mouth. Minister of Environment Stephen Guibault proudly proclaimed before the House of Commons on Tuesday that he is, quote, a proud socialist. During a debate over carbon tax, the federal government has imposed on Canadians that has contributed to sky-high energy bills. I am a liberal and a proud socialist, Gabot said, after being asked a question by Conservative Party of Canada CPC MP Ted Falk concerning the carbon tax. Gibault then blamed former Conservative Prime Minister Stephen Harper for not quote-unquote believing in climate change as a reason the current Conservatives do not support a carbon tax. Quote, this reminds me of a certain quote from the Prime Minister Harper who talked about the fight against climate change as a socialist plot, he said. Here it is. You have it again, Mr. Speaker. They do not believe that climate change is an issue. They do not believe we should be doing anything about it. <laughs> so right. I, I love that. Do, so Gibo is right. What we should do is we should we should become carbon neutral as of today. Mm -hmm. No, no more, no more carbon production, carbon footprint. Let's kill all the cows that are farting. Mm -hmm. Let's get rid of all the cars. And then what no we'll see energy. is the effect that this will have on global climate will basically be zero. So it is a so it, it, it is a socialist plot. Yeah. To 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 rob the people to 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 tax them into oblivion, to create class warfare, and to mm -hmm. give a massive amounts of power to the elites who won't play by the same rules. And if we did it, the effect will have, will be zero. Yeah, we, so, we've we've talked about this on previous uh, episodes. Even the parliamentary budgetary office admits that if Canada were to not exist, the amount of carbon that we give off of as a nation is so minuscule that nothing. it would have we're no 30, effect. Thirty-five billion people. Yeah, it, it, seven billion people was yeah. nothing. It would it would have no effect on climate change. So all it is is a socialist redistribution yeah. scheme. It, it is exactly as Harper has said it's it. Not a tax, a it's socialist a plot. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a punishment. It's a carbon yeah. punishment for uh, I, for for not getting an electric car quicker. But even if I did get an electric car, I'd still have to pay the car. Andrew, Andrew the I I'm not sure. Like I mean, we are ruled by dimwits like truly stupid stupid people i don't know how gibbo coming out and saying i'm a proud liberal and a proud socialist and then saying oh harper once said this is climate change is just a socialist plot disproves the fact that it is a socialist plot because he's saying i'm a socialist proud of it and and harper's saying this is a socialist plot. Who's the biggest proponent and pusher of this carbon tax? The socialist Stephen Gibault. Come on, Steve, come, Stephen, are you that stupid? Are you literally that stupid that you, you don't even know what you're saying in the same sentence as you're speaking? 
Well, we need to. Crazy. We got to. We, we got to move on. We got to look at our uh, new heritage minister oh, who's over Pablo Rodriguez. Yeah. So she wants to hurry Step up with this. the big brother. She just wants to hurry up with the big brother tyranny already. She just wants to hurry up with the censorship, and hurry up with the Ministry of Truth having full control. This is from the Western Standard. Heritage Minister Pascal Saint Onge said Bill C eleven, the online streaming act, needs to be enacted quickly. St. Onge stated Canada's broadcasting system and workers require immediate assistance and there's no time to wait. How about stopping a garbage product and you won't be on life support requiring billions of dollars from taxpayers and then maybe it won't be so bad. But that that can't be the case. That can't be the case at all. Uh, Broadcasters such as Bell Media in a recent submission to the CRTC urged the commission to swiftly implement the Online Streaming Act, which was granted royal assent in June. They argue the lack of regulation for streaming services has placed traditional broadcasters, who are subject to regulations, at a competitive disadvantage. Multiple interested parties, including traditional broadcasters and streaming platforms, will start sharing their opinions on the bill during a series of CRTC hearings set to begin next month. It's really simple. This okay? is really, This is why. This is why. This is why the capitalist model is good. Mm-hmm. If you so let's let's look let's look at the Canadian Pravda Corporation for a second. If the CPC produced a good product, didn't actually engage in lies, propaganda, and gaslighting, and was an actual honest piece of news, then they wouldn't have to worry about funding, and they wouldn't have to be on the government take. And they wouldn't be saying, oh, please help us more. Uh, Give us money. We need money for articles being shared. Facebook needs to pay us money when articles are shared. But because it's a garbage product, because it's not quality, because they're not being competitive, rather than saying let the thing die so something good can come up in its place, the answer is no, we need to spend more taxpayer money. Oh, and we also need to legislate now to protect them, you know, at the expense of actual taxpayers and freedom of speech and real Mm -hmm. competition. Like it's, oh no, uh, just that public workers, mm-hmm. Canada's broadcasting some workers require immediate assistance. No, what they, yeah, they need assistance in making a good product, not assistance in terms of more taxpayer dollars. Well, well notice it's, Be- it's also Bell Media too. Like Bell Media is pushing this. Uh, Bell Media is owned by Thomson Reuters Cor- Corporation. David Thompson is like one of the wealthiest men in the world. Uh, he's worth $58.9 billion in According to real time net worth, he owns the Winnipeg Jets uh, franchise. He uh, always six degrees of separation back to you and Manitoba. Eh? Well, every dude, every story today has been six degrees of separation. Well, I, it's it's it hurts, back to it, Manitoba. Hurt, it hurts yeah. me, man. Uh, part of the reason I like I don't want to even support the Jets sometimes financially is because of their ties. Reuters is a wild leftist uh, publication. They're pushing all this globalist nonsense. So why should we be surprised when Bell Media is pushing for the government to essentially give them uh, a, a regulatory schema that would improve their profits? Bell Media sucks too. Like I, I'm currently using Bell MTS internet, and it is the worst internet i've ever had in my life for the amount of money i'm paying for it it is terrible um they should be ashamed of their product not be protected by our government uh they should go out of business they're terrible um 
and like yeah. some of the most wealthy, profitable country or companies in the entire country are telecommunication networks, and they're the ones that seek to gain from this at the expense of independent media. So you know, spare me the crocodile tears, yeah. but it's like if you go over what every, almost every hockey rink across this country, almost every big sporting event is like tied to a huge. Uh, telecommunications yep. company and they're crying about not having an even playing field field because of the CRTC. Well, they understand You're, that no one, no one wants their, yeah, no one's, no one's buying their stuff anymore that they're he, saying, Hey, wait a minute. You mean this other independent company can offer me the same product or better for less just, money? Well, it's just, it's just a way yeah. to it, 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 like actually enshrine a monopoly, right? Because yep. in economics, monopolies were typically understood not as some uh, like a large share of the market pool in a certain sector it was actually a government grant that was given by a monarch to a specific sector and an individual to basically stamp out all competition in that sector so they that that's what monopolies truly are and this is what we're seeing has it ever dawned on them that it might be good? Like they're complaining about, oh, oh all these onerous CRTC regulations. It's, it's uh, you know, it, it hurts us big companies. We need to even the playing field. So you need to implement it. Ha has it ever dawned on our public officials to get rid of the CRTC? There you go. That would be, that'd be great. Make a free market. Get rid of the CRTC. There you go. There you but go, Matt, Media. We're, we're governed by proud socialists. Yes, we are. So, they so I want to, I want to, I want to offer a little bit of. I want to bring this whole episode down. Mm -hmm. I want to distill it down in a way that we can, we can bring we us can take some points away. Take us home, I wanna, Andy. I want to offer you some. Uh, I want to offer you some in encouragement. I want to offer you some next steps. So, it's clear from our episode that our federal government, our health establishment, the legacy media, the bureaucracies that they're not actually doing what's best for the citizens. They're not out for your well-being. They're not looking out for you. They don't actually care about the flourishing and the well-being of your family. The reality is that there is, there's too much corruption and too much exchange of money and power that they're not actually doing what they're required to do by God, which is to enforce his law, to punish those who break it, to celebrate those who honor it, and to actually provide national security for the nation. So they're not doing their job. So gone are the days of thinking that we can rely on them to take care of us and protect us. We should we, we should have never lived in those days, but even if we did, the veil has been pulled back, the veneer is gone. We know that they're not actually operating in the best interests of you and I as citizens of our country. So let's just let that thing die. And what we need to do is we need to be even more intentional and even more disciplined in taking responsibility for our own families and for our own lives, which means you take responsibility for your family, the education of your family, the health of your family, the well-being of your family, that's on you. It means you also need to align yourselves and you need to connect with good churches, good communities that agree that it is your responsibility and who will help you to do that, to lead well and to care for your family in all these various spheres, healthcare, education, all that stuff. So you take responsibility. You can't rely on and trust on the government, whether it's financial help, whether it's just to do what's good for you. Th that's over. Those days are long gone. You have to take responsibility for your family and your community in a way that you can actually work for 
the flourishing of your family, the flourishing of your church, of your community. And if you need help figuring any of this stuff out, if you need help with what about education? What do I do? What do, what do I do if my kids are in the public system? How do I how do I deal with that? We can help you with that. Finding a good church, we can help you with that. You know, reach out to us. Mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Let us help you. Let us connect you with good churches, with good homeschool co-ops, with good classical Christian schools. We can aid in all of that. And so it's just going to offer a couple things too as we wrap up. Ways that we do this, ways that we take responsibility and ways that we can engage rightly in mm-hmm. our culture. We want to remind everyone again of Biblical Sexuality Sunday, Sunday, January 14th. There's an opportunity for us to teach and disciple our people and to let the state know where their jurisdiction ends and where the Lord's authority over the church is and what that looks like. We also want to remind everyone of what uh, Nate Wright mentioned last week, Mission of God conferences. There are two happening in Windsor and in Alberta. Windsor, it's December 2nd, and Alberta, it's December 9th. Uh, Harvest Bible Church in Windsor on December 2nd and Fairview Baptist Church on December 9th in Calgary. You can head over to the Ezra Institute website and you can find information. It is on redeeming sexuality. This is going to be a tremendous conference to deal with Mm -hmm. some of the sexual madness that's going on in our world and how to respond. And there's also a pastors and leaders pre-conference event the day before on the Friday before you can register for as well. Avail yourselves of these events, participate in these events, sign up for these events. These are ways that we can help, that you can you can help in mm-hmm. being trained and equipped to take responsibility and to lean into your church and community to do the same. Because as we've seen, our leaders, those in authority, the bureaucrats, the health officials, the federal government, the elected mm-hmm. officials, they're not operating with your best interests in mind. They don't care about your flourishing and they don't care about you doing what's right and what's best for your family. So we need to abandon relying on them and trusting them for that that's our responsibility this and this is super important because people might think like oh man you're andrew you're never really giving us political solutions to our issues you're talking about family issues and worship issues and cultural issues or or ways to, to to fight back against where we're going as a culture but that's exactly it, guys. Bingo, that Poli- is the political solution. Politics is downstream of culture, and downstream from culture is, uh, or upstream from culture is, is cultus, it's worship. So that's how that flows. It's worship, culture, then politics. So if you want to see a nation given over to virtuous liberty, living virtuously under the law of God, a society that respects all God's created spheres and respects their their various jurisdictions where we, the maximum amount of freedom can be enjoyed by everybody in the nation, then we need to create a people who's able to live within that system. Mm-hmm. We need to create a people who will not settle for rulers who are enriching themselves. We need to create a, a people who are mm-hmm. zealously going out into the political sphere yep. because of what they've been taught, because of how they've been educated. If I can, if I can just jump in, nation. I can jump in there quickly. If you, mm-hmm. so you're Christians who are thinking, really, the way to save Canada, at least in the meantime, is to vote for the devil in the blue dress. Let's get Polly Evan <laughs> there so that we can we can stave off the red liberal destruction of Canada. And I'm I'm gonna, I'm telling you. That is not the answer. That if we really want to see the blessing of God poured out upon our nation, 
what we need to do. So you're saying, let's vote on Polyev. That's going to save Canada. Are you engaged in evangelism? Are you sharing the gospel with your friends and loved ones and others who don't know the Lord in the hope that they'll come to faith? No, I'm not. Then you think the vote's going to save you is foolish and you're not actually doing anything about it. Are you contributing? Are you using the gifts that the God, that the Lord has given you to bless and edify your church, to build up the believers there? Are you doing that? Well, no, I'm not. The vote's not going to save you. If we want to see the Lord bless our country, what we need to become are principled, obedient, faithful Christians who bring the gospel to the lost, who train our children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, who use the gifts that he's given us to build up our church, and who are honest people of integrity in our interactions. If we live that way, if we build that way, and if we engage that way for the glory of God, that's where we'll see the blessings of God upon our nation. That's where we'll see a real change in the political landscape, not simply by voting the right guy in so Trudeau doesn't win. Mm -hmm. That's a Band-Aid at best. And it's actually a really, really sticky Band-Aid that when you rip it off, it's going to rip off hair and skin anyways. Mm -hmm. Like It's not an actual solution. The solution is faithfulness and mm -hmm. godliness and obedience. Yeah, that's because, the solution. Because that has to continue. I, even if Polyev were to get in office, we need people to hold the CPC to account to make sure they're going to actually govern conservatively, to push back against. This is a long-term effort, everybody. Mm -hmm. We need to be thinking years and years and years and years down the road uh, about how we can create a culture that is God glorifying that will eventually lead to that political fruit. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to encourage you to and to understand and put politics in its rightful place. While we focus mainly on the political landscape and Canada, we need you to understand that it's all the other things that undergird politics that are the most important. And that's why our call to action is not necessarily political, but pre-political uh, all the time. So yep. we hope you would uh, you appreciate our content. We hope you appreciate the shows. Just a, a, a scheduled note for you guys. Uh, as we kind of wind down the year, we'll be doing one uh, one program a week opposed to our typically we've been putting out two just with uh, all we've got going on. Andrew, we have various I, I'm going to different conferences. You're going to different conferences. You have twins now. We have a lot of holiday stuff coming up. It's just uh, that time of year where things are wrapping up and we just would hope that you would uh, still value our programming even just once a week in this season. And if you do go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate, give over there. It's year end. It would help us greatly if you would give, uh, especially on a monthly basis, just a little bit of mo uh, money each month from each of you. Our faithful listeners would help us plan long into the future. So if you would donate, you know, 10 bucks a month to us each and every month. Forgo that coffee from Tim's or, and those Tim bits. Uh, get, give us your support so we can help uh, be a, a crucial voice in our media landscape in Canadian politics. Yeah, you should stop buying coffee, Tim Hortons, anyways, because if your kid isn't jabbed, Tim's wouldn't let them go to their, exactly. their camp. 
and so, uh, and and they despise you because of your your freedom of conscience. So, so don't give them your money. So there you go. You can take a principled stand and then yeah. direct those funds over to our organization. We would really appreciate that. LibertyCoalitionCanada.com/slash/donate. Click on that analysis show tab, and you can leave a tax refundable donation over there. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Until next time, Galatians 5.1. Liberty Dispatch has been brought to you in partnership with Liberty Coalition Canada and Christian Week and has been produced by SDG Media. You can find all things Liberty Coalition Canada at libertycoalitioncanada.com.